Hey, this is Steve Hernandez, host of the Waterwise Pro Podcast. I thank you for joining me. This is episode number 11. We're going to talk about some water treatment processes, okay? Uh, conventional water treatment processes. We're going to talk about a little bit of membrane filtration also, um, but, but uh, coagulation, flocculation, sedimentation, filtration, and uh, all that good stuff, okay? So uh, let's first talk about treatment, okay? Uh, treatment means physical, biological, or chemical processes, including blending, designed to affect water quality parameters to render the water acceptable for domestic use. Okay, so removal methods for suspended solids using granulated media, uh, if that's what we're talking about. So again, suspended solids using granulated media. So um, we're removing suspended solids like turbidity, organics, anything that's floating around in the water using granulated media. So that means like uh, anthracite coal, uh, sand, gravel, uh, ilmenite, stuff like that. Okay, so... The way we're going to get rid of the suspended uh, solids using granulated media is through inline filtration. Okay, inline filtration is just coagulation, some rapid mixing. Then it goes to filtration using some granulated media, commonly in pressure filters. Okay, uh, we could use conventional filtration. And if we're taking our treatment exams, okay, uh, most of our treatment exams are based on conventional filtration. Okay. So conventional filtration plants use coagulation, which is rapid mixing okay, of coagulants, um, using some physical and chemical uh, mixing. We use uh, flocculation. Okay? Uh, flocculation is slow, gentle mixing. And uh, we'll talk about more of these processes a, a little bit in depth um, as we continue on with this podcast. Uh, so coagulation, flocculation, sedimentation, okay, that's where we're settling out particles, and then filtration, okay, so that's conventional filtration. And then there's direct filtration. The only difference between direct filtration and conventional filtration is there's no sedimentation basin. So on direct filtration, there's coagulation, flocculation, and then it goes straight to the filters for filtration, okay. Uh, we have diatomaceous earth filtration. So that consists of a fossilized uh, remains of diatoms, okay? So basically we have a septum or like a filter. We create a slurry. We coat that filter or that septum with that slurry using the uh, diatoms, which is fossilized diatoms, okay? Um, on, and we make a slurry with that stuff. We put them on the septum, septum, and then we can basically do a pressurized system, gravity feed system, or a vacuum-style uh, pressure, uh, I'm sorry, filter system using diatomaceous earth, okay? Uh, and then there's slow sand filtration. So uh, where, where I work, we have a slow sand filtration plant. Pretty cool little plant. It was actually built in 1930. Uh, it was completed in 1931. And so the way it works is basically water filters so slow through these filters. And, and uh, we have five filters. This is a 3MGD plant. It's got about five filters. Each filter is anywhere between like 44 feet by 88 feet uh, wide. So that's a pretty big footprint, okay? Uh, so each filter is filtering water. Uh, about 0 0.09 gallons per minute per square foot. So water's filtering so slow, the algae grows on top, okay? That uh, that term we remember for our, from our textbooks or from those classes that we took, the smush deck, right? Smush deck, that's a German for dirty layer or dirty skin. So water's filtering so slow, the algae grows on top, and that algae or that biofilter um, acts as a filter uh, and suspended solids and organics that's going through the filter kind of lock in on that top layer. Then it goes through about four feet of sand, which is the filtration process, and then out uh, to the clear well for uh, disinfection. Cool thing about slow sand, no energy being used at the plant, okay, no chemicals, no mixing or anything like that. It just basically goes through some sand at a very slow pace and uh and gets all the bad stuff out so those are some methods of uh removal uh removal of suspended solids using granulated media okay 
All right, colloids. Colloids are defined as very small, finely divided solids that remain dispersed in a liquid for a long time due to their small size and electrical charge. Colloids are divided into two groups. Okay, so we have hydrophilic colloids, and then we're talking. So colloids, they're just suspended solids. Okay, that's what we're trying to get out of the water. So we have hydrophilic colloids. That means that they're water-loving. They mix really well with water, and they're very soluble. So they're going to be very difficult to get out of the water. Okay, and then we have hydrophobic colloids, which are water-hating. Okay, they do not mix well with water, so they want to get out. Okay, uh, they're easier to get out of the water. Okay, we're going to use two different types of uh, or two laws that really are the fundamental uh, theories behind uh, using coagulation and bridging. Um, these basically the the, uh, the the suspended particles particles together. Okay, so the first one is zeta potential. It's a law on uh, repulsive forces. Zeta potential. Okay, it is the measure of the magnitude of the electrostatic or charge repulsion and attraction between particles, and is one of the fundamental parameters known to affect stability. We'll talk about stability in a sec. Okay, uh, Van der Waals principle also is attractive forces. Okay, and so it includes attraction and repulsion between between atoms, molecules, and surfaces, as well as other intermolecular forces. Uh, getting way into the chemistry and stuff like that, and some people geek out on that stuff. Uh, it's pretty cool, um, but basically what we're trying to do is we have suspended particles, and we want to affect stability, okay? We want to affect stability because they're unstable. Our, uh, our raw water uh, suspended particles, they're unstable. They're just kind of floating all over the place, and we want to stabilize them. We want them, get them, we want them to get them to basically uh, uh, inactivate them or kind of like slow down their energy, right, and so that they'll settle out or we can filter them out, okay? And so um, the first step um, in a, a granulated uh uh, media filtration process is going to be coagulation. So our stable colloids, they're going to usually have like a negative charge, okay? And so we want to destabilize them. So what we're going to use is we're going to add a coagulant, okay? And a coagulant is a chemical added, right, um, to basically act as the glue uh, for the stable colloids, okay? So that coagulant would have like a positive charge, okay? And so uh, the colloids have a negative charge, Coagulants could have a positive charge, and so those opposites attract. And so what's going to happen is uh, you're going to create some microflock, okay? Or uh, uh, basically, they're all going to come together. Those uh, suspended particles are going to cl come together. They're going to clump together, then get bigger in size. They're going to grow, and so what's going to happen is they're going to become heavier, and they're going to either settle out or we can then filter them out a little bit easier because they're bigger in size, okay? So during the coagulation process, we're gonna do flash mixing, okay? Flash, flash mixing occurs to coagulant chemicals added to the raw water, okay? So this is violent, even mixing, happens within seconds, okay? Results in the formation of very small, small particles, okay? So now we went from very fine to very small particles, okay? Um, Primary coagulants neutralize electrical charges of the particles, which cause them to begin to clump. Okay, so we're bringing them together. We call that bridging. Bridging is long chains of organic polymers as coagulants bridge the uh, bridge between small particles, uh, holding them together to create larger particles that will settle readily. Okay, uh, polymers or polyelectrolytes. They can be anionic, cationic, and non-ionic. Okay, so polymers are are filter aids. Okay. And so they can be anionic, which is a negative charge, cationic, which is a positive charge, and then non-ionic, which is a no charge, okay? And then polymers are assisted by other polymers or filter aids, okay? So like um, 
um, aluminum, um, um, polyaluminum chloride or um, alum, right? Those are our coagulants. And then we can have other polymers or filtrates that we can use on the end of our kind of like our whole uh, treatment plant processes. So um, we'll use them right at the beginning for coagulation to get them to clump together. Then we can also use them in the uh, filtration process of our plant, okay? Uh, types of mixers, we could have hydraulic mixing uh, using flow energy in the system, mechanical mixing, diffusers, and grid systems, and then pump blenders as well, okay? Um, so for after coagulation, again, it's all we're doing is we're adding chemicals to the raw water. So like at the plant that I worked at before, it was just a big 48 inch pipeline and then it came into the plant. And then, um, what we had is like this little, it was a flash mixer and it looked like a little torpedo with a little prop on the end, like a, from a boat. Right. And that prop would just sling the coagulant into the pipe, right. Uh, into the pipe that was coming through with the raw water. And what's happening, you're just pushing out the coagulant into that raw water, getting it to mix really quickly and, um, and evenly. Okay. Then it would go over to our flock chambers and these are like serpentine looking walls or they could be horizontal paddle wheels. Um, and so what we're doing now is all we're doing is we're trying to so that water would go from that pipe to now these serpentine like chambers, almost like a maze like or a labyrinth. Right. And so all we're doing now is we're trying to get the water to slow down and mix, slow down and mix. That's all we want to do. OK. And so um, during this proc uh, process flocculation, okay, we're going to have slow, gentle mixing of small, co uh, small coagulated particles into larger, more settable particles. Okay, best uh, flock particle size is 0.1 millimeters to 3 millimeters. Okay, uh, the detention time is important. Okay, so detention time is how long does it take to get from one end to the next? Okay, in distribution, we use terms like how long does it take to uh, fill up a tank? In treatment, we say detention time. Well, I, I remember what detention time is. Was that means how long I got to stay there, right? So detention time, same thing with a treatment plant. It's how long is the water going to take from it to get from A to Z, basically from one end of the process, from the beginning of the process to the end of the process, okay? So detention time in a flocculation chamber uh, or, um, or mixing uh, um, uh, process could be anywhere between 50 to, uh, sorry, 50, uh, 5 to 20 minutes, sorry about that, 5 to 20 minutes for direct filtration and up to 30 minutes for conventional plants, okay? Uh, you have uh, flocculators or stirrers. Like I said, they, they could be uh, horizontal paddle wheels, uh, vertical flocculators, uh, turbines, paddle, uh, paddles, props, uh, and we want to avoid short circuiting. Okay, short circuiting means the water is basically going from A to Z without going through the whole alphabet. Okay, and so if it's basically going through um, horizontal paddle wheels and there's like a kind of like a baffle that um, uh, um, separates the water from going. Um, to the other side of the channel, like basically like it's kind of like if you can imagine like a serpentine wall, okay, and or like a, a maze and there's like a shortcut, right? We don't want the water to shortcut through the, the maze, okay? We want to go all the way through each one of the processes and, uh, and short circuiting because basically cut down the time that the water spent in that one particular process. And if that occurs, then basically the whole treatment process is kind of thrown off and uh, we're not going to be able to create that flock that we want to uh, in this process. And then that water, those uh, suspended particles won't be nice, nice and big when it goes to the sedimentation process or the filtration process. And it'll be that much harder to get rid of them at that point. In the sedimentation basin, so after flocculation, you have sedimentation. In the sedimentation basin, there's four different zones in the sedimentation basin. There's the inlet zone. Okay, that's the water coming in. 
There's the settling zone, so that's the suspended particles that are starting to fill, uh, um, settle out, okay? And then they're going to fall to the sludge zone, which is the bottom zone of the sedimentation basin. And then out on the last uh, uh, zone of the sedimentation basin is the outlet zone, okay? And that's they make their way to the uh, filtration process, okay? So inlet zone, um, what's happening is we want to we want to have it properly baffled, okay? We want to provide smooth transitions from the flocculation basin, and then create even flow uh, through the sedimentation basin and then prevent short circuiting. So um, again, water is just being introduced into this big uh, chamber, sedimentation basin, or uh, just a big uh, concrete tank, or it could actually be uh, tube settlers or plate settlers or a clarifier, okay? Uh, and all we're doing is trying to get the stuff to settle out, okay? Um, again, the goal of sedimentation is to reduce the solids loading on the filters by settling out large particles. Okay, the, lar uh, the longer the water remains motionless inside the sedimentation chamber, the more fine particles start to settle. Okay, and so that's the the inlet zone. Okay, so again, we're just creating smooth transition from the flock, uh, flocculation basin to the sedimentation basin. Uh, we want the water to slow down and become somewhat motionless. Okay, and then uh, those larger particles can settle out. The settling zone. This is the largest zone within the sedimentation basin. It provides calm, undisturbed area of water for effective amount of time. Okay, uh, gravity removes heavier suspended particles that are denser than water. Okay, typically two or more hours permits effective settling. Okay, so the detention time of a sedimentation basin could take up to two or more hours uh, to basically get the water from one end of the uh, sedimentation basin to the other. Okay, and so if you see a, a math question that says, what is the, de the detention time of a sedimentation basin that is 15 feet tall, 30 feet wide, and 200 feet long? if the plant flow is 25 mgd so then you get to get that uh, 25 mgd try to figure out what the gallons per minute is okay and then you divide that into the total volume of the sedimentation basin and then you'll get uh, actual time uh, that it takes to basically fill up that basin and that'll be your detention time okay detention time is calculated time required for water to pass through a tank at a given flow rate okay that's actual uh, definition for detention time and then operators should look for fallout. Okay, so when I worked at uh, my previous plant, uh, th uh, Three Valleys Municipal Water District, you're the on-call operator. I'm sorry, you're the the uh, the plant operator. Okay, so what you're doing is you're making your rounds. Okay, you're you're going out looking at the plant. You're seeing uh, the sedimentation basin, and as you start from the beginning portion of the sedimentation basin, you start to see that flock in the water. It looks like. Uh, kind of like cloudy water but if you look really closely it looks like like um, uh, almost like dirty snowflakes okay dirty snowflakes and what that is that's the flock okay and so as you're walking along the sedimentation basin and these are long rectangular basins that's the tra traditional sedimentation basins are long rectangular basins okay and so as you're moving across the sedimentation basin you start to see them clear up and uh and it's not looking so kind of uh cloudy underwater and that's basically the sedimentation process so everything's starting to settle out Towards the end of the sedimentation basin, um, you have these V-notch weirs or launders, okay? And so um, the launders basically are, um, basically it's, uh, you, they're uniformly collecting the, the clarified water off the top of the basin, okay? So as you're making a way uh, down the basin, okay, long ways going, going down the basin, you're seeing that uh, water start to uh, clear up. Again, that's everything starting to settle and now the clean water is kind of being uh, pulled off the top of the basin and that is from the launders okay and that is the outlet zone okay 
The sludge zone is the bottom of the basin, okay? Uh, com uh, compression settling of the sludge or settled solids, okay? Sludge is removed routinely to help maintain effective depth of the basin, and then high buildup of the sludge zone uh, equals increased high flows and sludge scattering and reduced efficiency. So we need to clean out that basin uh, routinely. And now at Three Valleys, when I worked there, we worked uh, basically on Tuesdays and Thursdays. There was a automatic uh, a vacuum that would run up and down the basin and would just basically vacuum out all the sludge from the bottom of the basin and it would go out to our backwash ponds and that would work like two days a, uh, a week and uh, pull all that sludge off the bottom of the basin because if we didn't pull that ba that sludge off the bottom of the basin that sludge would build up and what would happen is it just like on a um, if we're if we're uh, pushing water in a large pipe and then we reduce it down into a smaller pipe that same amount of water is trying to go through a smaller pipe What's going to happen? The velocity speeds up, right? The, the velocity speeds up. So water is moving a lot faster through a smaller pipe than in a bigger pipe. So if you can imagine a sedimentation basin, it's just this long, big concrete, looks like a big pool, right? And so what's happening is um, if the sludge is building up on the bottom, well, then there's less headroom or less room for that water to travel through the said basin or across the said basin. And so what's going to happen is that water is going to move faster because that buildup of sludge on the bottom. And what that's going to do is it's going to scour. It's going to kind of uh, get that that uh, sludge that settled off the bottom to kind of kick up and then carry over to the launders uh, and then put, uh, potentially into our uh, filtration process was what what, you, what we don't uh, we don't want. Right. All right. So that's the sedimentation basin. Um, from there, it goes through filtration. So, so uh, traditionally filtration, you got anthracite coal sand and then gravel okay so anthracite coal under a microscope it's got all these different edges and sharp you know points and all these different uh, areas for basically surface area where the solids the solids that we're trying to filter out can kind of stick to um, if you kind of mash it down basically it would just have this large surface area because of all these different edges now sand uh, is a little bit uh, heavier okay and it has more rounder edges and so it's starting to pick up all the like the the uh, bigger so sol uh, solids that kind of make their way past anthracite and then down and then it goes down through this uh, the gravel uh, pea gravel or whatever or uh, porous concrete that you have underneath the uh, uh, um, the what do you call it the granulated media so this is the granulated media process okay this is filtration uh, some terms to know uh, air binding this is for filtration so air binding is the clogging of a filter pipe or pump as a result of the presence of air of air release from water air can prevent the passage of water during the filtration process and can cause a loss of media during the backwash process uh, backwash rate is expressed in um, the rise rate or gallons per minute per square foot okay and it creates expansion so what we want to do is so we're filtering uh normally through you know basically gravity fade um so it's basically going down through the filter uh go down through the gravity uh granulated media but then when it's time to backwash and we'll talk about back backwash in a second basically we're sending water in the backwards uh flow uh through the filter it's expanding out the media and then we're washing it down with the surface wash system okay uh, breakthrough breakthrough is a point in the filtering cycle at which turbidity causing material starts to pass through the filter uh, pass through without being filtered okay so then you're going to have a rise on your effluent turbidity okay so your turbidity is basically making its way through the filter and it's coming out on your um, your basically your 
your effluent side of your filter. And so that breakthrough is not what we want, right? That's probably a buildup of um, um, so solids on your filter and it's time to backwash or your flows are too high or something's going on with the filter. It's trying to take it offline or backwash it, okay? Uh, head loss. Head loss is a reduction in pressure or head in a hydraulic or plumbing system, okay? Head loss is the measure of one, uh, the resistance of a medium bed to the flow of water through it, or two, the amount of energy used by water in moving from one location to another, okay? So that's head loss. And so like I said, as water is going through the filter, uh, through gravity feed, okay, all the the top portion of the uh, granulated media is starting to get plugged up from the suspended solids, all in that, that uh, anthracite coal. And so what happens is as it starts to get plugged up, it takes more head pressure or more gravity pressure, right? More and that head loss starts to build up. Okay, it takes more gravity pressure to get that water to go through that that, that basically that dirty filter, and so as the head loss starts to increase, um, or the the amount of water that kind of builds up starts to increase uh, above the filter itself, it's time to it's time to backwash it. Okay, because it's basically it's getting dirty. Um, Loading rate or filtration rate of the filter, it's expressed in gallons per minute per square foot. It's the hydraulic loading on a filter expressed as a flow rate per unit area. Mud balls. Mud balls are materials that is approximately round in shape from pea size to two or uh, two uh, or more inches in size. The combination of flock and filter media um, from a uh, surface wash of the filter and form due to inefficient surface washing uh, during backwash stages, okay? Um, surface wash, okay, a surface wash cycle or a system breaks up the mud balls. It cleans the media surface uh, during backwash phase. Uh, the underdrain system, the underdrain system collects the filtrate uh, water, basically the, after the water's gone through the granulated media, it collects the filtered water and distributes the uh, backwash water as well, okay? Um, turbidity. Um, turbidity is the cloudy appearance of water caused by the presence of suspended and colloidal matter. Uh, this is the clarity of measure of wa uh, measure for water. Okay, we uh, we usually it's expressed in NTU nephilometric turbidity units. Okay, and we're going to be looking at the effluent turbidity uh, with our turbidimeters. All right. Um, yeah. So I think that is uh, pretty much it. Um, we could talk about backwashes. Let's talk about backwashes. Screw it. Uh, so during the backwash process, we're going to close the influent valve 100%. We're going to allow effluent valves to filter water to about one foot to six inches from the media surface. Then we're going to close it 100%. We're going to start the backwash sequence. We're going to open the drain valve 100%. We're going to open the backwash valve slowly to obtain backwash rate, which is uh, controls the rise rate okay, in inches per minute. And so, okay, so now we're sending water through the reverse motion. We stopped the water coming into that one uh, filter, and we're sending water in the backwards motion, okay? Uh, we're expanding the media out, right? Because it's before when the water's going through the filter uh, through gravity flow, uh, feed it's basically it's kind of compressing all that media down okay and so when we start sending water up through the filter in the backwash motion um, what's happening is that media is starting to expand out okay and so um, that's when we hit our surface wash system surface wash turns on and basically breaks up all the mud balls it basically creates a bunch of violence under the water under that filter and basically um, gets all the solids to break off off of the media itself okay the way we know when it's time to backwash a filter, it's based on uh, flow rate changes, okay, head loss, okay, runtime, 
and effluent turbidity. Okay, so our SCADA is looking at those four parameters. Okay, if the flow changes in our uh, system, uh, maybe the the rate the flow rates are going to increase. Hey, let's just backwash. Okay, um, or if we're going to slow down the filters, hey, we, maybe we don't need to backwash so we can prolong the uh, the runtime of our our uh, our filters. Runtime, it could be looking at the runtime. So this is like, hey, maybe every 10 hours or every 12 hours, uh, we backwash a filter and we stagger all our filters to backwash different times. Um, we could be looking at the head loss. So like I said, as that uh, water starts to build up uh, in a filter, in our filter box, okay? So the water basically is, it's, it's, it's taking more effort to get through that dirty filter. Uh, we could, it's time to backwash, right? And then we're also looking at effluent turbidity. So if we start to see turbidity coming out, uh, of the filter, hey, it's time to backwash, okay? All right. I think that will do it for today. Um, but, yeah, so that's uh, that's quite a bit to munch on. That's about 24 minutes. Uh, so we talked about uh, the different types of filter, uh, filtration processes using uh, um, granulated media and, uh, and coagulation, flocculation, sedimentation, and filtration, right? Um, so those are basically the theories of processes and what's going on during those processes. And so, um, hope you like that one. Um, talk to you soon. All right. Peace. <laughs>